Please listen carefully. So I thought what we would do is just start from the beginning, which is where most stories start. All right. Um, because you grew up in the area, right? No, did not grow up here. You did not? No, no, no. I thought you grew up in Radnor. Oh, is that considered the area? I don't know. Would that? I would consider that the area because oh, I don't know. going out of the area to, let's say, Texas would okay, be... Okay, well, that's out, out of, of the, the state. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, so to be fair, the first time that I came over here to meet my husband's family, I was like, where? You didn't And know he was like, we're on the other side of that's the fair. river. That's it's fair. not, you're like, that's we're fair. not far away. And I was like, I don't know where we are. Okay. Like, so this is another planet. Having grown so, okay, up in New Jersey, okay. the area to me, that's even, even having lived here now the longest of my life in terms okay. of this area being southeastern Pennsylvania. Oh, um, well, that's general. I, I consider that the area. <laughs> okay, got it. So, <laughs> yes, for the most part, I grew up in the state, in the general area. Yes. Sort of. Okay. But yes. So, grew up in Radnor your yeah, whole life? for the most part. For, for... Uh, moved from Texas to Radnor, I think I was first grade. Okay. Um, well, we started in Wynwood and then ended up in Radnor. So I did most of my like middle school, high school growing up in Radnor. Yep. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then here after I got married. And what was that move? Was that a move for like a job, your parents' job? Uh, from Texas to here? Yeah. yeah. My dad worked for MCI WorldCom back then. Um, so yeah, so they moved, we moved a couple of places very intermittently, but then when we got to Pennsylvania, he was like, we're going to stay, we're not leaving anymore. So that's how we, that's how we got here. Okay. But at yep. some point you ended up back in Texas. I did. After college, I moved down to, um, Austin because I kind of had always wanted to, wasn't quite smart enough to get into UT. So I found out when I toured UT and was like, Oh, okay. Um, so mm -hmm. then was like, okay, I'm going to move down there now and instead just party and have fun down there. So, mm -hmm. um, and also at that time was like, I'm going to try something I know nothing about. And that's how I signed up for hair school. Like that was literally, that was it. Like people were like, you what were was like, your huge? And yeah, I'm like, yeah. I literally wanted to do something I knew nothing about. I love that. And hair, for whatever reason, I mean, I played sports in high school, middle school, um, psychology major in college, like nothing about me was like, she's going to end up in the beauty industry. Um, hmm. But I think that was what I liked about it. So mm -hmm. signed up for school. Um, Were and you like doing your friend's hair no, in high school or anything? Like, no. Just for fun? No. Chris, when I tell you I couldn't braid hair <laughs> when I got to hair school, and mind you, like I'm in Austin and I'm surrounded by girls who in their beautiful Southern accents were like, they knew they wanted to do it since they were born, yeah. like 12, 13. They were the ones braiding hair on the volleyball bus. And yeah. and I was like, can you help me learn how to braid? And yeah. they were like, what? And also down south, you have the like senior portraits are a huge deal. A huge, uh, yeah. The like hair just Everything. in general is Yeah, just, it's a big like, deal. You, you do yourself up, Yeah, right? like if you walk yeah. around downtown in Austin, like those UT girls are dressed for class mm -hmm. every yep. day. Yep. It could be eight in the morning, they are... Yep. fully done, ready yep. to go. So um, it was just a very, it was so different for me. But um, I knew within the first week that I had found something that I felt some way about that I had never felt before. Mm. I now call that passion. Mm -hmm. um, I also made three girlfriends in school um, that were instantly like family. And so that helped, you know, and they were mm -hmm. just so mm -hmm. loving and welcoming. They were also Oh God, I think like five or six years younger than me. So I'm like 22 living yeah. in Austin and they're like 18. Can't like do much. Did you live alone when you went that? When you no, I had moved down with a boyfriend. Okay, got it. Yeah, so at that point we were together and just like, you know, I felt at home because Texas always felt at home. Yep. And, um, and that was it. I just fell in love with it. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. The people, the learning something, the learning curve, the always being challenged. And I just knew... There was a technical aspect to it that I knew if I just worked hard enough, mm -hmm. I could figure that part out. I'd get there. Like I'd, I'd figure all the, all the schematics out. Mm -hmm. um, the people part, I realized was it for me. Yep. And that was the part that like I always knew innately was me. Um, mm -hmm. And I just knew I was going to have to work my ass off to get good at the other part because it did not naturally come to me. Yep. And, and that was it. So. Um, so that, make, that makes sense because yeah. 
this is a service-based business, mm -hmm. just like us. And when you strip away the what you do, mm -hmm. the how you do it, to mm -hmm. me, is really the most important part yeah. in terms of connecting with people mm -hmm. and making sure they feel, feel seen and you know, creating a space for them to come and just forget about the outside world. Yeah. And that's what you're doing, right? Yeah, so you're a psychology absolutely. major mm -hmm. in college for a reason, probably because you're interested in people. Yeah, people. Right? People yeah. always just fascinate me. It wasn't yeah. until um, I'd moved, so fast forward, I'd moved back up to the East Coast. Um, I was in my first job being here on the East Coast, and my dad was, and you know, I guess we don't always know that we need our parents' approval until we get it and we go, oh, <laughs> like that was, oh my God. But my dad was sitting up front waiting for me. We were going to go to lunch, and I was finishing a client. And we sat down at lunch and he goes, you did it. And I said, I did what? And he said, you found a way to mesh what you loved in college into a career that you actually really love. Mm. You've done it. And I went, I, I know. I like totally know. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, he's right. And oh my God, I like really needed to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Because, you know, growing up around here or over in Radnor and where I grew up, yep. um, telling people that I was going to go to beauty school mm -hmm. was not cool. Yep. You know, like you go yeah. to Ivy League, you go to a great college. Yeah, you you, professional degree, engineer, yeah, doctor. Yeah, you play lawyer. D1 sports, yep. you like go do the stuff. Like that's mm -hmm. what you do. And that never, that never felt like me. Mm -hmm. um, so telling my friends at the end of our college careers that I was going off to Austin to go to beauty school and my dad, it was like, what are you thinking? What's mm -hmm. wrong with you? Mm -hmm. What are like, like that's ridiculous. You're going to fail at that, you know, a lot. And I just, I don't know. I just kind of knew mm -hmm. somehow that mm -hmm. it was just what I was meant to do. There wasn't this, there wasn't a lot of deep thought other than that. Mm -hmm. And my dad said, okay, well I can get on board with Austin. He went to UT. So he mm -hmm. was like, cool, great. Let's get you back to Austin. A hair, okay, well, whatever. We'll figure that part <laughs> out. Um, so for him to, you know, years later, see it and say that that was huge yeah 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 so. i met him one, one day oh that, in the, yeah in the front yeah. keith is always here <laughs> always oh yeah that's right during yoga so you so you went to school down there yeah. how long is school uh it took me about 13 months to complete right. the program is that um, pretty typical about a year yeah, yeah year year and a half depends um you, it's an hours requirement, so like California gotcha. has a much more stringent hours, like it's like 3,000 hours. Texas was, wow. I think, at that time, 16, 50 or something like that. New York is different, you know, so wherever yeah. you are in the country kind of dictates how far, how yeah. long, how quickly, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So you finish that, and yep. then... You say, hey, I'm going to move back, or um, what happens after that? Yeah, I just, I realized that being in Texas was well, wonderful, and I loved it. Um, it was hard to travel to Europe, which was always something that I loved and mm. loved to be a part of. Um, there was a lot of education that I wanted to do in London, and mm. I missed kind of being closer to this part of my family where every vacation or every moment of free time I was traveling to Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and I knew mm -hmm. that like mm -hmm. Pennsylvania needed to be the hub so that I could like go and do the things I wanted to do. Gotcha. gotcha. So that was um, kind of the journey back to Pennsylvania. Got it. Yeah. Now with what with the boyfriend did you leave the boyfriend there? No the boyfriend actually moved up? back first Gotcha. and I really wasn't sure and then um, I was like, no, I think it's time to get back to Pennsylvania and um, moved back up here. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, we parted ways a couple of years later, mm -hmm. but I don't regret that, like, he was really the reason that I was like, okay, okay, fine. Like, I'm going to really get back up there. I think it's all kind of meant to be. Yep. Um, ironically, he is back down in Austin and mm -hmm. has made his life down there. So just so okay. we're clear, yeah. um, he's the one who ended up in Texas. <laughs> so now I get to say all my Even exes. Even though you're the one that yeah. brought him to Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But all my exes live in Texas. So I now actually get to sing you the song. You actually get to say that. I get to say and it. And sing the song. And sing the song. I, I won't that. do that, though. Um, <laughs> so you come back up here, and is this where you start working in, what is it, Wynwood? Yeah, um, in Ardmore. Ardmore, okay. I had a really tough time though, Chris, you know, I came from an environment down in Texas in this industry that was really loving and supportive and like, this is not just a job, it's a career mm -hmm. and you have the whole world in front of you, you have every opportunity and it's like, it's everything mm -hmm. down south and in yeah. California. And I came back here and I sat down and interviewed with salons and they were like, well, you don't have any clients, you really have no use to us. And, and I'd say, 
what like yeah. kind of charity work do you guys do? And like, what, how do you like give it back and pay it forward? And they would look at me like I was insane. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, shit. Yeah. I needed, I need to, like, I can't be here. Mm-hmm. I was like, this was a really bad idea. This is not what I was so used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sat down with a salon um, in Ardmore and they were much more in line with what I was looking for. And I spent the next nine and a half years of my career building, um, building there. Yeah. And I'm really proud of that time. I'm very grateful for that time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's where I really kind of developed my clientele and honed in on the people part and the technical part and, and all that good stuff. I love it. Yeah. Did you get to travel to Europe? I did. I did a lot of education. I've done a lot of training at the Academy in London, the Sassoon Academy in London. Um, I've done a lot of work over there. I did some work with a company in California and kind of went back and forth a lot, Mm. um, educating for them. And so I've done a lot of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that the like fashion week scene was not my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like egos. I can't kind of do that. It feels very inauthentic to me. It loses like what our industry is for me. So mm-hmm. I kind of knew like, okay, I don't want to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to develop an ego to educate, which until very recently, that was really the driver mm-hmm. of education. Um, it's thankfully really shifted now. There's a much more authentic platform of education now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really felt my best and felt my most empowered behind the chair. Mm -hmm. And it was because of the people, Mm -hmm. like the people that sat there and trusted me and developed relationships with me and friendships and trust. Um, That was was really it for me. I love it. Yeah. So you're there in Ardmore for nine or so years. At what point were you telling yourself, I'm going to open up my own spot? You know, it's funny, um, I, I kind of didn't know what I needed per se. It was never about like, what's my next move? I, I'm kind of not one of those people in that way, like not negative mm-hmm. or positive. I just never have been like, oh, what's my next? I don't have that need to like always be changing and moving and figuring out something different and new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that there had to be like a next step for myself. And Noble was about a year old. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in bed reading a book by Mel Robbins called The Five Second Rule, mm-hmm. which really changed my life because it just, for whatever reason, it did. And I'm in a chapter and I had a pencil because I always am writing in books. And I started to draw out a salon, mm. a space. Yeah. And I realized that my story to Noble at that time had to be something more. But it, just saying like I opened a hair salon wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do I want my story to be to him? And I wrote down my story to you, Noble, is that I opened a place and we did a lot of good for others in those four walls. And like that became my backbone. Yeah, so there was nothing specific about hairdressing. No. It was to do good, to give back to the world. And to be clear to people watching, Noble is your oldest Yes, my uh, five-year-old son. son, Five-year-old son, Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, I just knew that to to do it fully the way that I knew I was capable of doing, I had to have my own four walls in which to do it. Mm-hmm. So obviously a hair salon made sense. It was the industry that I was in, and I was like, you, I can create a place that is more than just where people get their hair done. Mm-hmm. I know I can create a place that becomes a safe place for people, their community, their humans, their people that like they feel their best with. Mm -hmm. And I can somehow, and at that point I really didn't know how, but I was like, and somehow I can gather that community to do a lot of good. Mm -hmm. And the rest became like the picking out shampoo bowls and you know, like, (laughs) I mean, there were a lot of other things. There was the writing of a business plan and proposing of a business plan and I'm very grateful for that process. The writing of a business plan was monumental in my life Mm. because it stretched my brain in ways that it never had otherwise been stretched. Mm -hmm. And I was very appreciative for that. Mm -hmm. Um, The building out of the business to me was incredibly rewarding because again, it was something I knew nothing about. So every step of the way I learned, Mm -hmm. I learned about all the people that do all the things and how to find that person who does the thing that I don't know about. Yep. Um, and to me, that was really, really rewarding. The architect, the accountant, yeah, yeah. the general contractor. The, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. all the people. And God, it takes a lot of people mm-hmm. to open a business. Um, 
all the hoops, all the paperwork, all the signing and the this and this has to get done. It was just, to me, it was fascinating. Um, so we, from the moment of like writing a business plan to opening our doors, like that whole process was really incredibly inspiring to me. Um, it was never about like, are we done yet? I just want to open my salon. I just want to, it was really, I really relished in that time. Yeah. yeah. Were there any surprises along the way? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, things are very expensive. <laughs> I discovered that. Way more expensive. Usually, I mean, what, double, I, at least double of what you think it is, right? And at least. Twice and, as long. Right? And God does everyone tell you that. And you go, right. Yeah. So I'll we'll keep it under budget. Yeah. Like yes. picking out Spanish tile for the floor and going, oh, and that'll be like $100,000 in tile. Okay. So what are our other options? Right. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, you just, a um, lot of surprises, like how long things take with townships, what the laws mm -hmm. are, who you have to like talk to, who you have to develop a relationship with and, um, and communicate with, you just all the things. But yeah, people starting a business, I always say like, if you don't really map out a business plan and understand your numbers and understand like really what is going to be needed of you mm -hmm. for you for your space like what does it cost to run that said business to the dollar mm -hmm. like if you don't truly understand that concept you really have to read you have to listen to pod we have so much information at our fingertips now in life which is so incredible yeah. that you can find answers to anything yeah. um, Philadelphia has incredible um, women's business administration workshops um, Oh, what is it called? Uh, Penn, Penn's uh, Business School. Wharton. Wharton has a women's business um, seminar that you can sign up mm -hmm. for. That's free. Mm -hmm. It's an eight-week mm -hmm. seminar. You go downtown every once a week for eight weeks. I don't know if they're doing it right now, but there's really cool resources. So finding that stuff. Was there anyone in the industry that was helping you along the way? Because usually what happens is when, when people go from a technician to the business owner, mm -hmm. there's this leap of, of education and, and knowledge that needs to happen because you know just because you're a good hairdresser or right. for us just because you're a good coach right. doesn't mean that you're going to be a good business owner correct right and that can, right. That can apply to almost every industry absolutely 100 percent right. um there was not somebody in our industry but a client of mine who owns um, a bar three studio mm -hmm. um who is a few years older than me when i told her what was going on because at the at the beginning I, I told a few people like here's what's going to be going on and she said okay, I have a book for you. And I went, okay. Um, and it was called The E-Myth. Mm -hmm. Michael Gerber. Michael Gerber. And she said, this is my Bible. <laughs> I keep it in my purse. I keep one by my bed. You will read this over and over and over again. I promise you. Mm -hmm. And so she sent it to me. Which is good because it's short. Short. So. And I, it is my Bible. It's the, I, have, I have copies everywhere. Yeah. I also have a bunch because I give them to people all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That changed my entire brain. Mm. And I went from understanding how you cannot just be a technician mm -hmm. who opens a business. Right. You have to become a business owner. And at some point, if you decide to shift from being it, like it, it changed my entire trajectory, my brain, my mindset. I understood what to do. What do you feel like was the biggest shift? So if there was another, you know, alternate universe where you would have kept going down that path of wherever you were going versus, yeah. you know, that, um, that pivot? I would still be behind the chair. Mm. I would still um, be trying to navigate the wearing of all the hats mm -hmm. and trying to balance the being the technician full time and not understanding that you cannot be the technician, mm -hmm. the baker of the pies, exactly. you can't be the cutter of the hair mm -hmm. and also be the leader of your team, the grower of your team, the person who schedules all the meetings and makes sure that your team is supported. Mm -hmm. You just cannot. Um, right. And when I transitioned out from behind the chair, all of my clients, I don't understand it. And I said, here's the deal. It is almost disrespectful. Mm -hmm. to my team for me to say I can do everything you guys do all day mm -hmm. and own and run this business right. it downplays how important what they do is mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that anymore yeah. I don't want to be looked at as but she can do all of it and own and run this business because the truth was I couldn't mm -hmm. and I wasn't fully doing what I had opened this place to do which was to to grow and run a team um, that could help me create a community that could do more good. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do it behind the chair. Mm -hmm. 
fully. Yeah. So it, it changed everything because it, it gave me this like, oh, okay, I understand why I can't go down that road. So from day one, I said, I will not be behind the chair two years from now. Mm. I will not. I will because I need to get this place up and moving and building. Mm -hmm. And I loved what I did behind the chair because it was never about that. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I had to be able to step out and like literally get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. I have an incredible woman who now works for me who sits and works behind the chair that I used to. But I had to like literally get out of my own way mm -hmm. to make mm -hmm. way for that beautiful soul to work here every day. Yeah. That takes so. a lot of humility, though, because a lot of people open a business <clears> thinking <throat> that you just have to be the best at whatever it is that you're already doing as a technician, and right. then the people will just show up, right? right? right. Uh, especially in our industry, and, and imagine yours, because it's the service-based business, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. like you're, we're not selling commodities, right. right? We're not selling little tchotchkes. So you open the business, and then, number one, you're probably really good at what you do as mm -hmm. a technician, mm -hmm. so it takes some humility just to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, number two, it's that whole idea of, like, well, if I can just if I can just do it the best way I know how, like mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. gonna make my customers happy, right. and so therefore it'll make the business better. Right. Right. So it's right. like a double-edged sword of like needing to step back. Right. Uh, Absolutely. From these roles. But yeah. It yeah. Takes yeah. A lot. I guess I guess too like I'm in tune to knowing that happens a lot mm -hmm. where. Yeah. It's all about like the owner and their ego and mm -hmm. she's the best hairstylist, he's the best hairstylist and like you have to do hair like him and I see why it fails. It's the because icon. it it's always an icon fails. Problem. It's like you yeah. love the ego yeah. icon. Right. You love being the icon. Exactly. Yeah. And and that was I, I like I mm -hmm. never wanted to be the only person that people right? because I was like, Well that's like a death trap. Mm -hmm. If I'm the only reason that people come here, then what was the point? Why did yeah. I do this? I should have just well, stayed behind sick, someone else's. You want to go away for vacation? Period. Yeah. yeah, and I just I was like, that's just not the road to to being able to build a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, yeah, like I I had seen it in the industry. It was always like my least favorite thing to watch is mm -hmm. you know a salon that's run by somebody who is like the star of the show. Yeah. Um, I knew from day one I wanted to hire and have girls here or guys, depending on who came in, mm -hmm. that were better than I ever was. Mm -hmm. Better hair colors, better hair cutter, um, stronger communicatively behind the chair, whatever it was. Yep. I wanted them to be better than I was. I wanted to look around, which I do every day, and be like, wow, what she just did is incredible. Yeah. Like, whoa. You're learning from them. Every day. Yeah. yeah. So every t once in a while I sub in for one of them if they're sick or something, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do my best here. Um, yeah. Thank you for letting me sub in. Right. <laughs> I will take incredible care of you, and I will, we will be best friends when you leave, and I am just praying I do your hair as well as, like, Christina or Brooke or Angela or Steph does, and they're always like, you're going to be fine. And I'm like, but I really think that highly of their work yep. and how amazing they are. So it's fun to sub in, but it also scares the crap out of me. Yeah. It's a lot to live up to. So we opened, uh, what, in 2018? 18. September. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, from that point till now, mm -hmm. has it gone the way you thought in terms of growth and in terms of, you know, what this place ha uh, looks like now? Um, obviously, there's more to come, but, you know, how has the journey been? Well, um, I for sure saw the pandemic coming. No, I'm <laughs> um, so like, no, it has not gone. No, um, uh, honestly, and even like pandemic jokes aside, yeah. um, there's been an incredible amount of growth internally from it. It actually coming back from the pandemic timing wise was a good transition for me out from behind the chair. Mm -hmm and uh, the ability to hire because something that did happen when everything closed was that stylists were like, you know, I'm not really happy at the place I am. Yeah. There were a lot of people looking for something more. Yeah. Um, and it's how, you know, I had two and now I have four women behind the chair. Mm -hmm. um, has it gone the way that I, you know, in here? Yeah, it has. Um, the Laurel House component, I always say the one thing I never saw coming was that people wouldn't just bring things in as donations, mm -hmm. like to their appointments and just like as happenstance. Mm -hmm. I never foresaw that people would send things from Amazon every month. 
-hmm. whether they were going to be here or not. Mm -hmm. I never saw how impassioned clients would become about it as like its own kind of separate entity in here. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been like the one thing that has been wildly surprising to me is how much people have um, loved it and latched onto it. The business itself though, um, I'm grateful for where we are today given that we were closed for almost four full months with zero ability to be in here. Um, I'm very proud that we have really rebounded and I think that it is like the community aspect and just treating people exceptionally well Mm -hmm. as like our backbone that has kept us um, with the ability to grow through all of this. So So we're we're coming up on a year of (coughs) Wolf announcing everything closing, right? Yeah. So when that happened, where were you? Were you here? Um, so I had, I had just come back from being in the hospital, pregnant with my like, now one-year-old daughter, Teddy. Teddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been put on six weeks of bed rest in the hospital, out of nowhere, had to walk out of my business for an appointment and never walk back in. And talk about like knowing that you've actually created systems that work. It's a good way to test them. It's a way to test them. It's really a way to test them. Mm -hmm. Um, My team rallied and I gave birth and then came home. And my first meeting in person with the team was to discuss what was about to happen. And me saying, so I think there's a possibility that we could be closed down. And my team going, yeah, we don't know that we feel safe like working. This is really ramping up really quickly. And that was a Friday, or no, that was like a Wednesday or a Thursday, and by Friday we were closed. Yeah, it was Thursday. Was it Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. So it was Wednesday we had the meeting. It was my first time back in here with all of them. Mm -hmm. And by Friday we were closed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, it's 14 days. I'm sitting in Noble's car line at school thinking, okay, we can do anything for 14 more days. It gives me a couple more, you know, days to uh, like recover and like get back into the groove. I was feeling a lot of that like, uh, pressure to because there was a you know one day old infant in my house and a five-year-old that I had not been with for six weeks prior mm-hmm. a business that I had not been a part of and the guilt was insurmountable mm-hmm. and I went okay so I got like a two-week break the girls are gonna be okay we're gonna figure out unemployment and then we'll be back to business and then we didn't reopen until June 26 during that time yeah. What was going through your head or what were the scenarios that were playing out? Were you just basically saying, okay, like whatever they say, we're going to just do it, yeah. keep our heads down and then just yeah. whenever we can open back up, we're just going to open back up. Yeah. Throttle. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was never a question of like, well, maybe we'll just like kind of open or mm-hmm. this to me was always very clearly a public health crisis. Mm-hmm. I take it very, I took it very seriously, mm-hmm. um, from day one. Mm-hmm. And so that was like never a question of like, well, maybe, you no, it was like, we've got to get you guys set up on unemployment. This is why we have it. Let's get this figured out. Is everybody cool? It took one of my girls, almost an entire month for it to kick in and like get Mm. the stuff ironed out. So a lot of like anxiety, how can I support them during this? Um, I'll go into save, like whatever I need to do to help them transition. And then, um, and then it was just kind of like week by week, I would just lean on my girlfriends who own salons or the people that I love and care about that own other businesses. And we would just brainstorm vent, like Mm -hmm. try to get through it. Um, and I just, I felt for them. I felt for my team who was at home and, um, you know, they don't have children. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking like, I, this is really dark and like lonely. We would FaceTime every few days. Like mm-hmm. we would have meetings and I would just go like, this is re-, like, I'm super distracted because I have two little kids at home. But for the people who didn't, it was a really, really tough time mm-hmm. in different ways. Mm-hmm. So it was just, to me, it was like, stay connected, be in touch with your team, stay yeah. on social media, stay in touch with your community. Because yeah. they were as confused. Losing all the things that mean something to people mm-hmm. is really hard for people. Yeah. So I was like, I've got to stay involved. I've got to like keep my face on there, stay in touch with them, you know, put funny stuff up, whatever I could yeah. do. Um, it just came down to communication. 
Yeah, so to me, follow, I mean, follow you guys throughout it. <clears throat> I mean, you definitely, to me, exhibited like true leadership in the sense of exactly what you were talking about because you got two little ones at home, one newborn, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, but for your people here, you know, they whenever they come here, the once a month or one, whatever, however mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. they come, it's an escape. Mm-hmm. You know, they come in and, and they can relax and they're getting dolled up and you, know, you make them feel great, mm-hmm. right? But then they don't have that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, on one hand, I imagine maybe you saw some, you know, people in your industry, you know, going the opposite way in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, being negative and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But everything I saw was positive, not not overly optimistic by any means, not not unrealistic, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, positive in the sense of like, hey, hang in there, we'll get you through this. Um, you know, be be physically distant, but socially mm-hmm. close, right. right? Like right. still connect with people. Right. Um, and that to me is exactly what people needed in terms yeah. of hope. Right. Right. They just needed something to hold on to. Yeah. And, Which and is exactly what you did. Like your Instagram feed helped me every day. <laughs> well, then we it's did it for true. each other. <laughs> well, it's true though. Like I would see yours and I'd see a great quote and I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Like there are well, this people. This is all on the camera. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, thank you, Nate. Um, because truly like every day like any and it was funny your social media world changed because like you started to be like nope nope can't handle that feed like those people are really like oh man like the curation was real but like let me get to my people yeah like let me get to the people and kana Mm -hmm. was truly like one of those feeds where i'd be like okay like i've never seen that quote that's great like that made me feel good this morning or Mm -hmm. okay so he's still they're all keeping in touch Mm -hmm. with each other okay cool they're gonna figure out you know, ways in which for people to work out at home, cool, because people are asking me so I can let them know mm-hmm. that you guys are going to be doing, you know, so yeah, I, I think our community has changed even via social media because you realize like in one of the scariest times in any of our adult histories, like who are your people mm-hmm. who just innately feel the same way and do things in this world in the same manner mm-hmm. as far as taking care of one another. Yeah. Um, so well, if you follow any Seth Godin stuff, yeah. but he says every morning people <laughs> like us do things like this. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it is that you do, mm-hmm. other people will, will also do and you will find those people. Yeah. Right. His newsletter is like every morning, yeah. literally. Yeah. It, and I always think like, man, every morning he's yeah. got good stuff, but, yeah. and you know, do I read them all? No, right. but, you can guarantee that if you go back through any of his stuff, yeah. like he's got some things in there, but it's true. Mm-hmm. You will find your people, they will do things the way that you do in a, in a good way. And then you will find the people that challenge you and make you like think differently. Um, but yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah. Um, I also love, there's another, some sort of random quote of like, in times of crisis, the, the helpers will show up or something like mm, that. Like mm-hmm. the helpers will reveal themselves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that, that definitely very true. has happened. Yeah. But I, I think like people always say like, what are some of the positives? Like that to me is one of the positives that came out of this whole thing mm-hmm. is that it's curated our lives. If you allowed it to in a positive way, I think it has helped to curate lives in mm-hmm. a way where you kind of just pushed away the things that weren't serving you as a human and really latched into and t- tuned into the, the things that do and make you feel better and uplift you when you kind of need it. So that is one of those things for me that it, that it did kind of help with, especially with social media. Did it make you question at all or reinforce owning a business? Mm-mm, not once. It, I didn't question it once. Um, I knew like when things are hard, there's always, you, you always like get through it somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt fortunate that I had saving was always something that I had done. It was something that uh, a friend of mine who owns a business, he had always instilled in me, like every single time a transaction comes in, some of it goes into an account, some of it goes into, so like I knew we'd be okay, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, but I never questioned it because I just like, I was like, we all miss each other. Mm-hmm. I know everybody who comes here misses being here. I know mm-hmm. that the girls miss being behind the chair and, and helping each person that sits down. So I just kind of knew we would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so thankfully we, you know, we were, but no, I'd, I never questioned owning a business. If anything, it was almost, um, 
probably I'll look back and say like one of the more empowering times of owning a business for sure. I learned, pivoted, learned how to fill out documents I never thought I would. You know, there was a lot of stuff that we as business owners learned to do that we would have never otherwise had to do. Totally. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I think this whole thing is is a game of attrition. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it really, like how you were talking about the other stylists trying to figure out, oh, like, am I, do I actually enjoy myself being here? Or do I need to look for a new place? Mm-hmm. I think that happened for everything. Yeah. People realized what it is they really valued and mm-hmm. what they really enjoy doing or love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes that, that ended up in, you know, people realizing they, you know what, actually don't like owning a business or... Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what was going on at home, things with people's families change, and mm-hmm. but it all came down to people really needing to take a step back and, and think about what it is they actually enjoy doing. Absolutely. Right? A lot and of I people's careers p- might have pivoted yep. because they've been traveling Monday through Friday, yep. and then they finally can't travel at all, so Absolutely. then they realize, like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And in a lot of ways, like that kind of situation was highly beneficial for families. Mm-hmm. I have a, we have a client who, whose hair I had done for many years. She's about my age, worked for, works for a company, and she has two little boys at home and husband. And she would get on flights to Boston almost every single day, mm-hmm. take red eyes in and out so that she could get home for bedtimes. We're talking high stress just to manage mm-hmm. being there as much as she could for her kids. Mm-hmm. She's home now yeah. because she can do everything she was flying back and forth to mm-hmm. from her computer. And to me, like I think about all of those stories and those stories are everywhere. Um, like how beautiful that is. Like she has had the best year of her career and she's home and she can balance it all and it feels manageable and she's not dying of guilt every single week. Mm -hmm. So I think about all of that in that micro and know that like the macro is that hopefully the business world will change Mm -hmm. so that all the people that come in and out of here and they sit and they're trying to squeeze a hair appointment in between like God only knows everything. Mm that now like things have simplified a bit. And I hope that companies recognize that the productivity you get from people when they have balance and they just are a little happier Mm -hmm. and a little less spread completely thin Mm -hmm. is like unbelievable. So I hope that that shift continues. Like I I hope that businesses that see their productivity numbers being the same or better will not be like, oh, but we all have to come back to an office because we just do. Um, if that's what people need, I hope there continues to be some flexibility. Yep. I, re- I really, really do. They're definitely looking at that. Yeah. Part of, so. part of Kristen's role at Vanguard is, is looking at those numbers of like, yeah. how many calls does her team make? And yeah. actually it's more than if they were in the office. And, yeah. 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 So I, I just, I do, I hope that that shift continues. Um, you know, my husband's job, his role changed drastically. Um, he's a chef, right? He's a chef, but he's a corporate chef and he mm-hmm. works for... Um, he cooks for essential workers, so he was very fortunate that he his job stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but his hours, they condensed them into two or three days a week. So mm. he's been able to be home with Teddy mm. most of this year. People ask me all the time, like, how do you do it all? And I go, I have a really amazing partner mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. like, who has been able to be home a lot. And he's actually really good at that and likes it mm-hmm. and has enjoyed it. Um, so I'm really lucky that way. And he feels really lucky. Like he never had that much time with Noble in his first year of life. He was like, I will never look back and be mad that I had all of this time at home. Right. It just won't be. And I think most parents, as stressful as it is, it's like that the days are long, but mm-hmm. the years go fast. Mm-hmm. This year is like the epitome of that quote. <laughs> right. But I yeah. think people will really look back and be like, but man, there was some good that happened that year. Yep. You know, we were always home for dinner. We were always up together. We were, you know, whatever it was, I think everybody kind of found something as far as family and like yeah. work balance goes anyway. So, yeah. Let's talk about Laurel House. So how Let's, did you please. Um, end up partnering with them? Talk to us about what it is you do each month. Okay. Um, yeah. um, Laurel House uh, is one of the most incredible, the longer this has gone on, the more incredible I can tell you Laurel House is. Um, it is not just a shelter for um, 
of domestic abuse victims and their children. It is like a break the cycle, complete transformation of lives. Like that is what they do there. Yes, they take you in, in your emergency, but they make sure that you come out and in, back into the world as, as somebody who gets to go off and break your cycle and live a life that you've dreamt of, which is safety, security, shelter, all of those things. So they make sure that that happens for whoever comes into their um, shelters. So I got involved with them. Uh, actually, you know, it's funny. When I first was trying to find somewhere to partner with, it was really hard. <laughs> and I you was, wouldn't think that, right? You, right, would, you think, would think that. No, nope, you, you would never think that. You'd think plenty it would places be. to choose from. And when I finally, I actually, a client actually was like, I have an in with Laurel House. I'll make a call or I'll send an email. I needed an in mm -hmm. to partner with somebody, <laughs> which I never would have anticipated, but I'll explain to you why. When the director came in and we sat down and we talked, she said, the reason it's so hard is because nobody ever wants to be, got, um, nobody ever wants to be involved all the time. Mm. And I looked at her and I went, what do you mean? And she went, people just want to do something cool around Christmas. Mm -hmm. They just want to do something nice around Thanksgiving mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's actually just really good publicity for their business. Mm -hmm. She was, no one ever calls and says like, I want to be affiliated all the time. Mm -hmm. What can we do? How can we do it? Mm -hmm just give me a chance. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no one says that. So we actually, that's why it's actually really hard to find places to partner with and stuff because they just hear that all day. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, we want to do something nice around Christmas or which is great. Right, right. right. Um, and it's fine, but it is why it is hard yeah. to, um, to partner with places. So anyway, um, I just kind of said to her, like, here's what I'm trying to build. Um, I think that if we give people a really easy way to do some good, they will just do it. And she was like, okay. And I was like, I don't know yet, <laughs> but I'm fairly certain if all I tell them is like, you can just dump the stuff here. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm asking you to do. Mm -hmm. They'll do it. And mm -hmm. she was like, okay, let's give it a shot. And here we are two and a half years later and it's still working. And people send, like I said, people send stuff, even if they're not in for their hair, they just say like, okay, what are we doing this month? And every single month, we have a group of people that every single month since the very first month, they send things. And so each month has a different theme, yeah. right? Um, it's really just, what do you need? Yeah. Like I, I, um, I text messaged the director this morning. I said, okay, it's March. Sorry, I'm a few days late getting in touch with you, but like, <laughs> what, are we do, what are we doing? What do you think? What do you need? Yep. And the reality is you can't really plan it out mm -hmm. because the needs change, right? right? So um, spring cleaning was, is the theme for this month. And I said, okay, so explain that to me because up until now, the women have been in hotel rooms. So it's going to be assumed by people that like, aren't there cleaning services at the hotel? So I got to mm. understand this. And she said, well, we're now finally able to transition a lot of them out and into apartments. They have funding now to be able to help subsidize some of the rent mm -hmm. so that they can get on their feet, have their own spaces, and actually start to rebuild and start over. Um, she was like, so we want to make baskets mm -hmm. uh, that they can have, like cleaning supplies so that they have that. Because, I mean, we all know that when you move into a new place, mm -hmm. and you're like, ah, crap, mm -hmm. I need Windex, I need all the things, I need yep. a toilet brush, I yep. need, you know, so it's in hopes to start to do that. But, um, I mean, the people that come here, Man, they've like blown me away. The amount of stuff, um, I mean, the director, sorry, she usually has to come like in the middle of the month because it Just overtakes the salon. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I'll call her yeah, and be like, okay, well, we have no more room. Um, so I need you to come do a pickup. And like the joy of being able to text her and say, I need you to come do a mid-month pickup because <clears throat> there is yeah. so much stuff here. That's great. Like there's nothing cooler than that. Mm -hmm. There's just... There's just not. Yeah. So um, people always say like, I'm, you know, Katie, it's so great that you do this. And I'm like, it's not me. Mm -hmm. It's, it's all of you. It's all the people that, that donate all of it. So I just am glad to have these. Four yeah. Walls. But you're, you're giving them a, a channel to, to direct their energy towards. Right? Sure. Like you, you are facilitating. And I'm going to cheer for so. them and I'm yeah. going to like, sh you know, shove it down their throats and I'm going to be yeah. like, don't forget, exactly. don't forget, don't exactly. forget. And yeah. people want to, because what I know is that people want to. Yeah. But what I also know is that it's not that easy. Right. I know because I've tried to donate clothing. Mm -hmm. I know because I've tried to donate non-perishable goods. I know because I've tried to donate shampoo. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not that easy. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And I was like, if I can make it really easy, they'll do it. Yep. And man, have they. Yep. Um, the <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes you got to be you, mama bear reminding them. Well, right. exactly. And so, and like people are like, great. Thank you for the reminder. I, I love that you put it up in the middle of the month because I'm coming in on the 26th and I would have forgotten. Right. Right. Um, mm. So like what I've gotten used to is like, I'm okay shoving it down people's throats and telling them a million times over because I know they want to know mm -hmm. and I know they want to be reminded of it. So, um, yeah, it's, it has surpassed my, my wildest dreams. Pre COVID, we were able to do some haircutting on Sundays, um, for some of the women and some of the children post COVID. Um, they are very protective of sure. everyone's health, yeah. you know, so we have not been doing any of that, but I do hope that once we are in a better place with this pandemic, um, we can start to do that again because that was that was wonderful. Do you know how many people that. they serve? Depends on the day. Um, it can they can have as many as like twenty six moms and their children mm -hmm. at any one time. There are multiple shelters all over uh, Montgomery County. What I can tell you is that thank God they exist, but sadly they're always at max capacity. Yeah. So like yeah. the director always says, like, I'm so grateful we're here, but man, I wish we weren't always at full capacity. Yeah. Or even have are. the need to exist. Right. Yeah. But they are and they, and they do. So sometimes it's overnight and sometimes people are with them, um, for months and months and months transitioning, gotcha. um, into a new life, but either way without judgment, they're just there, yeah. um, in, in all the capacities. Got it. Yeah. So. I think it's great. Um, for the past month, we teamed up with you guys for yeah. for healthy snacks and jump ropes. Yeah. Um, we'll get this out in March. So if you guys are watching this and <laughs> want to bring cleaning supplies, yeah, right? cleaning supplies to Noble Bear, do it. Yep. Um, so to wrap some some stuff up, um, we talked about the E Myth. Yep. But what what other books do you really love? Um, Oh God! Love I have so many books. Like <laughs> there are just books everywhere. Either either recently that you read, <laughs> yeah. read, or like all-time um, classics for you. Oh God! You're gonna really put me on the spot. Books are like one of those things. Like they're literally laying everywhere. Yeah. Uh -huh. But like if I try to think of um, titles, they're just kind of always gone. And I'm always like, what is the name of that one? Like I can picture the cover of it. Yep. It's yep. yellow and it's like this big and it's a hundred of the greatest. Oh my God! It's not Seth Godin. It's Simon. No. Seneca? Is it his that he wrote that like t uh, team of titans? Oh, um, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. There it is. Okay, mm -hmm. there. Like literally, can picture yeah. the Four entire. Hour book. Week. Yep. Yes. So. Tools of Titans. Yeah, Tools of Titans. That's the one. Yep. That is one of my favorites. That yep. is one of my like. It's always sitting in my room. Um, I actually gifted mine to somebody. I have to get a new one, but it was always sitting in my room. Yeah. With Emeth on top of it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I just you know I used to read a lot more. <laughs> Um, now I try and I just like well, you have two fall kids asleep. and a business and yeah, I just like fall like, asleep. Do real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I used to like listen to things on Audible and I could like crush through um, and also books pandemic. on right. Yeah. Now I, I just I don't have the bandwidth. And, yeah, everyone in the beginning yeah. of pandemic was like, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna cook, I'm gonna learn how to bake, I'm gonna I'm gonna sourdough. Then, yeah, a year later. <laughs> now yeah. everyone's like, I'm gonna go to bed. I'm gonna take a bath. <laughs> I'm gonna do my laundry. That's what I'm gonna do again. I'm gonna do laundry again. Yeah. Um, I don't have like the bandwidth for reading right now and yeah. even um, audible books. I've really been into podcasts more because yeah. it's more short snippets of yeah. like yeah. information. I can kind of pick what I need mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of um, opened books right now that I just kind of have around. But I've really I'm in just a place of not being able to read efficiently and like take in information untamed by um, Brown. Thank no, not her. Glenn Doyle. Glenn and Doyle. Yes. Yeah. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. I think I still have like 20 pages of it, but it was very good. Um, but it depends kind of where I am. Like mm -hmm. if my soul needs something, if my business brain needs something, mm -hmm. I just will like pick up things and just start to read. But E-Myth, all the time. Yeah. I just like open it. I have it on Audible also so that like if I am going to be in a car for more than seven minutes by myself, like I will put that on mm -hmm. because I can hear it. Um, so podcasts have been great, um, but like the daily newsletters, like we were talking about Seth Godin's newsletter, like that's kind of where my bandwidth is right now. Yep. Like sure. I can read it, Snip it. at yep. 5 a.m. before somebody gets up, um, like I can get that, internalize it, use it for something. Mm -hmm. um, Cause like, oh, it's sad, I've gone from books to podcasts to like literally an email blast. <laughs> 
that's, that's where my that, life is right now. I'm like, I love emails in the morning. Right now, right? Like, that's right, now. right now. It's going yeah, to ebb and flow. It's going to ebb and flow. Yeah. Your and, social and media I'm, account I'm, and morning I'm emails. I'm you because I'm exa- in the exact same space. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better. I used to read so much oh, before so opening much. the business. And between that and then also COVID, it's like... And you also have two children and... Family. 10 minutes of reading to me is a, is a success. Yeah. You know? And yeah. It's like... If I can just aim for that, and I don't always get it, but yeah. if I can do it, yeah, then, then you're like, hooray. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Don't, don't be too hard. Oh, I feel a little better about that. You're like, what are your favorite books? I'm like, oh. It's all good. I should have said <laughs> no, that No, no, I'm kidding. Um, what, but, yeah. Maybe an easier question, <laughs> but bigger. What, what's on your bucket list? So before you kick the bucket, oh, what are some things um, that you want to get done? To leave Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's a current 2021 that's a, that's a bucket, bucket list. list. Yeah, yeah, no. Um... What is on my bucket list? Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I have kind of stopped. I, I was always pre, pre-COVID, I was always like, okay, three-year plan, five-year plan. Mm-hmm. Where's my plan? What mm-hmm. am I doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the positives is that it's kind of stopped me. And I've realized that, like, you can plan, but, like, you kind of can't. Mm-hmm. And I have actually found a lot of peace in not worrying about macro so much anymore Mm -hmm. i'm really pleased if we get through like a full week right now so like i i say all of that because um things like bucket lists have kind of changed for me like Mm -hmm. i i really if every night noble teddy theodore and i go to sleep healthy and under that roof Mm -hmm. i'm like good Good. (laughs) like i like don't need much else at Mm -hmm. this point Mm -hmm. Um, bucket lists would be to show my children more of this country and the world, mm-hmm. um, to spend more weekends and time laughing so hard that my cheeks hurt mm-hmm. with girlfriends down in Texas. Um, I don't right now have big dreams of opening another space because right now that just feels like too much. Mm-hmm. Right now, I care that this place is always rocking and rolling and growing mm-hmm. and that people feel safe here and happy here. Um, Did that change you... because of the pandemic? Like pre-pandemic, were you like, yeah, maybe I will open a second location? I mean, location. yeah, because people always, I was like, I don't know. We've been open for like three months. I don't know if I'm opening another one. Please stop asking me that. This was very expensive. I don't uh, know yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but people always ask you that, like the moment yep. you open, which I don't really understand that. I never really understood that. I always felt very awkward. I'd be I think like, they're I just know. looking for... for the conversation. Maybe. I also think if, if you probably get the, you have those people that just believe in anything you do. Like if you started Fair. just selling yeah. bricks on the side of the road, <laughs> they would probably buy your bricks. Like maybe it's I just hope. who you are. So I'm going to try and sell you a brick. I, I would Next buy a brick. Time I, okay. So <laughs> it, you probably just have those people who are just willing to support you in any way they can, they want to, they can, because they're not going to go do it, but okay. if they can, you know, replicate their experience or support what they're getting here. Yeah. I just feel like it's Why just, not? yeah. Okay. So it's a question. you've it's turned that saying. around and made it very positive. And <laughs> well, I really I appreciate that. Like, no, no, I, I appreciate that. I'm being Two serious because like, like that's not another one. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, but somehow in Chris's brain, he'd like turn that into a really positive, <laughs> but no, but I like really appreciate that. Cause I'm like, maybe you're right. Have Cause you like now any, I'm thinking about it. Yes. Yeah, so... I don't know what... It, I haven't taken it. Again, bad yeah, thing it's right it's now. I'm like, I haven't been like there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, my... Part of my number is mm-hmm. putting a positive spin on things. Well, you did it. <laughs> you have lived up to yours today. No, but that really was good, right? Because, like, I've never framed it that way in my head. Where it, I'm like... It's exactly what they're saying. Right. And now I'm like, okay, well, now let me think about it. Yeah, I guess one of them was my grandmother. And yeah. yes, I mean, you know, but like... It's not to say you have to do it. It's right, just, right, right. It's just interesting because... Like, I'd always feel, maybe it's that the question overwhelms me when people say, like, are you going to open another one? And then it, like, triggers me to feel, it? yeah, for sure. So, like, it triggers me to be like, I, I don't know. Yes, for yeah. sure. Do you want me to? Want I can't. I'll do, do it. Do you want to help me? Yeah. Are you, do you okay. Have half a million dollars? What do you, yeah, like, what are we, okay, let's do it. All right. So, maybe it's that I instantly, like, feel a pressure. Yeah. When, like you said, they're either just like making conversation and don't know what else to say, or they're like, I believe in you so much that I think you can. Yeah, and well, in my head, I've just oh, yes. like internalized it. So I'm going to, next time someone says yeah. that, say like, thank you so much for believing in me. And if they're like, what are you talking about? I was just curious if you're going to open near me. I'd be like, oh, um, <laughs> never mind. But no, I think that's really. Or just ask them to write a check to you. Yeah. I am yeah. with your checkbook. Right. Thank I, you so I much. Will. Thank you so much. For you know this what? That is such donation. a good thought. Yeah, it. but you know what, E-Myth, I think because it is based on like the logic of franchise, yeah. 
I think it, it kind of messed with me too a little Got bit it. where I kind of had to check myself, have had to check myself a few times where I'm like, the book is not meant so that you always know how to open it, a million of your yeah, location. Yeah, it definitely means sort of scaling up. Right. Yeah. And so like I would for a long time be like, how am I going to scale this? Like, how am I going to grow this? How do I even want to do that? Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, I don't know that I want a hundred employees. Mm -hmm. I want to be a really good leader to a small team. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I want to be a really good leader to a hundred people. I don't know that I would be. I don't know that it, that's in my, in my future. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't, what about you? Are you opening? How many more are you opening? I get the same, <laughs> I get the same questions, yeah. you know, and I feel yeah. the same way. It's like, if to me, I'm not a planner. So I'm a, I'm a planner in the sense of like, I went to college for engineering and then all of a sudden in junior year, I realized I didn't want to do that. And so I switched mm. to counseling. And so mm. I did that, oh, stayed for right. my master's, yeah. and I, I spent five years working as a counselor. But along the way, it, the coaching was pulling me to mm. want to open up a gym, but also people asking me when I was going to open <laughs> up a gym. So it, it took years for that to actually come to fruition. Okay. But then, similar to you, month one or two of day, opening, day three. I get questions mm -hmm. of like, when are you going to open another, like, another location? What are you talking about? So are you not happy here? Yeah, what what so, else can we do for you? So similar to you, you know, I think it's really important to run a really well done, uh, let's call it flagship location. Well, and if that. you can get that to be going on its own without you needing to be there at all, mm -hmm. then I think you can even entertain the idea of opening another location. Because mm -hmm. the mistakes that I've seen, at least in the, in the fitness space, mm -hmm. is that people try to do it too fast and so they're splitting their time. Yeah. But what happens is you can't split your time evenly. You have to yeah. spend disproportionately more time at a new location. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the systems in place at the current, everything's going to fall apart at both. Yeah. So I've seen, I've, I have buddies who've opened three to seven and mm. then contracted down to just one because yeah. they, they didn't have the systems in place. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I've seen folks open a few, but mm. it definitely... Uh, because it's a service-based business, mm -hmm. right? It'd be different mm -hmm. if you're opening, you know, multiple uh, radio shacks, right. right? Right. But like, your people are your product, yeah, right? People-centric. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, people mm -hmm. don't come here for a, a haircut; mm -hmm. they come here for a haircut from a particular person with mm -hmm. p particular people around yeah. for this experience. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, and I see the same thing in mm -hmm. the fitness industry. It's mm -hmm. like you can get a great workout at home. You yeah. can get a great workout at LA Fitness, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but we want people who want to come here specifically here. Mm -hmm. So how do you replicate that? To me, that's not as scalable. Yeah. I think it can be if you want it to be, but I think you, the people matter so much. Yeah, yeah. And to find quality people. That's, <sighs> Thank God you've been here today. I mean, I feel a lot better. This is like therapy, actually, because like now I feel a lot less That's pressure to scale. Yeah, 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 here we are. And the psychology and counseling degrees. Well, you were saying, yeah, psychology. Yeah, here they are. Oh, yeah. Here it is. It always ends up. That's where we, exactly. anybody like it. That's yeah. where you always end up. But um, no, really, though, you have like that truly like because I think I don't know. It's almost like um, the pandemic gave us a reason to be like, no, we're just focusing yeah. here and no one questions it anymore. Correct. So like, I'm a little thankful for that. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, you could do anything in the business. Right. Nobody's going to question it. Right. Because yeah. how, what, what are they going to do? They're going to complain right. that you're doing something because of, the, because of COVID? Correct. Right, exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, wow. Thank God you've been here today. Seriously. I, you know, <laughs> with that kind of question, I think it's, yeah. I think it's, a, a nice thing. I think it's a compliment, mm -hmm. right, to what mm -hmm. you've done and built. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but you know, don't let that play into your people-pleasing side of like right. doing it just to please others. Like, right. Do it if you want to. Right. Do it if you feel like you have the team for it. Right. But you know. Yeah. I mean, I really, yeah, because I watch businesses that open like a second location, and I think second locations are always what I really like. I really hone in and I'm like, all right, what are they doing in there? Mm -hmm. um, it's happened recently in town and I think they're actually doing it really, really well. Gotcha. And I mm -hmm. think it's because when I spoke to them, she said the people are all that matter to us. Mm -hmm. Like the customer service is all we care about. Mm -hmm. And I went, it's why you're going to be great. Mm -hmm. It's why you're doing great. It's why they're still doing great. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I realized like in that moment talking, I went, that's it. Like when the second location, 17th location becomes about anything else, right? I think is where it goes wrong. Yep. 
period. Especially in the, in, again, for a service-based business, if you're mm -hmm. scaling up simply for increasing that top line revenue, mm -hmm. it's the wrong reason. Yeah. And things yeah. are just going to fall apart. Yeah. But I think it's, it's that, um, I think as business owners to, in, and people like in communities, right? Like we don't just own businesses. We own a place where communities have been built and are building. Yeah. Um, you have to say to yourself, like, is this why I'm in this? Or do I actually care about having 10 homes and 14 cars? Right. Right. I had no judgment on either side of that, mm -hmm. but people have to check themselves some, somewhere along that lines. Like, what is this? Why am I doing this? Like, what is it that's important to me? Yep. And like, by all means, you want all of that? Mm -hmm. Cool. But you better make sure that your business, like you said, is scalable, but in a, in a way that perhaps isn't so people-centric. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is probably the most difficult thing. Yep because like communities are built on your passion and like who you are as a person and like you rally that around you. But then if you're not there anymore, it's like the number one thing you hear. Yes. They expanded, but then it lost something. And that goes back to what we were talking about, that icon problem. Yeah. Like if you are that person that mm -hmm. people are coming to do the business for, mm -hmm. but if you're not there, mm -hmm. then what are they receiving? Right. right? But if you right. can build the business around the services mm -hmm. that you're providing mm -hmm. and hey, you know, so-and-so is going to take care of you. They're going to do an amazing job, better than me. Mm -hmm. Then they're going to feel like they're in good hands. Right. Yeah. Right. But that, again, that can be tough, right? Yeah. 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 You, you do, you have to have a certain ego to open a business because you, be, you have to believe in yourself enough right. to take that risk. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big risk. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you opened up with Noble, like, what, a year old? No, he was, was three. He yeah. He was older. Three. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. But the idea of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like in the, permits and the, you know, oh, yeah. by the time you actually opened yes, it, yes, yes. he was three. Yeah. But it has, you know, you have to basically, you can't be an egomaniac, mm -hmm. but there has to be a piece of you saying, I actually do believe I can do this better than most yeah. for me, yeah. the way that I would do it. Yeah, Not yeah, saying yeah. objectively, yeah. but just, and I think in flavor, hair salons, it's spin. like, I can cut hair better than other people. Mm -hmm. I think, um, so hard to like talk about yourself in these ways, like for me anyway. It is. Sure. But what I knew is that I could be a better leader to others because the people part I understood. Like it just did. I just, I just like did. And so I think, like, was I scared to death about opening a business because the business part is hard and out of my wheelhouse, perhaps? Sure. But what I knew, just like my first week in hair school, was that I could read, listen, watch ask questions, talk to anybody possible mm -hmm. and learn how to get really good at that. Yeah. Um, just the way that I had to learn to get really good at cutting hair and coloring hair and mm -hmm. the technicalities that go into that. Mm -hmm. I knew that like the business was not going to be my strong suit, but that I could get really good at it. So mm -hmm. every day, mm -hmm. like that's my focus is getting better at the business part mm -hmm. because I just, because obviously you have to be able to run a business efficiently, yeah. but that is the part that like I am forever every day working at. And I think again, coming out from behind the chair was that like, that's a full-time career. Like every month, every week, every year, being a better hairdresser, stronger haircutter, going to education, traveling, doing it all. That's a full-time career. Mm -hmm. So how dare I think that I could give everything to trying to be better at the business part, but also like being better at being a hairdresser. Yeah, basically having two careers at two the same careers. time. Two careers. And like, no, and thank also you. being a mom to two kids. Right, exactly. And so I just was like, nope, I've got to really give everything when I'm not at home to being good at being a business owner, yep. not a hairdresser anymore. Yeah. So I think, again, like you, you had asked earlier, like at what point did I kind of like know that pivot? Mm -hmm. I always knew. Mm -hmm. And I think until I just articulated it, what I didn't know was that it's, it's technical, like anything else, like owning and running a business is a technicality mm -hmm. that you have to, it's that muscle memory. You have to work at it and work at it and work at it until like running that report is second nature, until yeah. looking at those numbers is second nature and knowing what they mean, yeah. um, the ordering or whatever. Um, it's muscle memory, just like everything else. Solving problems. Right? Yeah. Like business yeah. owners solve problems. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. So if you're willing to do that and be okay, not having an answer right away, but Right. Having the grit to figure it out. Right. Like that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. So anything else you want to add to your story? No, I anything think. Anything coming up uh, in the near future? Uh, we got the spring cleaning donations for this month. Yeah. And, you know, we'll be kind of continuing to, you know, I think as 
as things change with the pandemic and vaccines and masks and all of it, um, I, I anticipate kind of some more changes and there might be some more stumbles and some more setbacks and then we go forward and then we may go back. Um, so nothing huge planned. I okay. keep joking that as soon as the day where we no longer have to wear masks, I'm going to just pour shots of tequila in people's mouths <laughs> as they walk in the door and hug every one of them yes. because God, I miss I hugging our hugging. clients. I, I love, yeah, like I almost hug people by accident mm -hmm. and I like want to die mm -hmm. of embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Um, so like right now, those are like my plans. I'm uh, like, I plan to just like fully embrace anybody yeah. that will let me. Yep. Tequila um, shots and hugs. Tequila shots and Sounds hugs. Sounds like a party. Um, I'm hoping that if by Cinco de Mayo that happens, like we can like theme it with tacos. Perfect. Um, no, but yeah, so right now, no big plans. Just again, one day at a time. Yep. I'm grateful for the days that the girls are busy and able to be here. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the days where we're able to be open. And like, I kind of just don't go further than that. Yeah. And I'm kind of okay with that. I hope Good. that that stays with me forever. Yeah. Because I just... Um, being present. Yeah. Being content. Yeah. As long as, long as everybody's okay. healthy, right? Yeah. Like, so that's it. So that's if it. somebody wanted to check you guys out, yep. where can they follow you? You um, can follow us. Um, website, thenoblebearsalon.com. Um, the, our Instagram is thenoblebearsalon underscore. Um, and those are kind of visually our two top places to find us. Um, email is the best way in which to go about um, setting up an appointment because we can go back and forth, mm -hmm. figure it all out with you. Gone are the days of in-person consultations. No one has time for it. Um, so we're doing a really good job kind of curtailing that. So you can email us info at thenoblebearsalon.com. Mm -hmm. um, and otherwise... And where are you in town? Oh, we are right on Main Street, right mm -hmm. across from Dex Hardware. Yep. So... Um, yeah, it's been quiet on our street because not, not much is open. So I will look forward to like the other businesses opening back up. So it's a little yeah. more lively, yeah. but that's been easier for parking for people. So that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's where you can find us. And the information on what we are collecting for Laurel House is always, always in our Instagram throughout the month, but also yeah. in our newsletter. So it's cool. the front page of the newsletter. I make it really easy. People know that's exactly where to find the info. Um, so you'll always know exactly like what we're collecting super easy in, in that. So, and if you want, so people can sign up for the newsletter by what? Go to the website? Yeah, you can go way? on our website yeah. and it'll prompt you. Or if you shoot us an email, I'll put you on the mailing list for it. Um, but it has been helpful because it's, it's people just know that it's there. So they mm -hmm. make sure to open it. Yep. Um, so yeah, so that's how you can find out cool. what's going on. Thanks for your time. Thank you for your time. This was like you know, really cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, thank you. A hidden uh, therapy session. Yeah. yeah, always. I feel like always. Yeah. Well, thank you. Please listen carefully.